I'm Liz Gold, and you're listening to Conversations. Stories about strength, courage, and making it through. I'm glad you're here. Hello, hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Liz Gold, and I'm so excited about today's episode because we're going to go full on woo and, you know, probably a little bit of business in there. But I have Diana Mahikas here today, and Diana is a Western astrologer, certified feng shui master, and intuitive counselor with more than 25 years of experience and clients all around the United States and abroad. And she is an Aries. And if you've ever met her, you will know immediately <laughs> that she is an Aries. And so, Diana, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. And, you know, what's amazing is that Diana and I know each other from way back in New York City. I mean, that's where Diana is based. And we work together at mid-sized accounting firm in Midtown. I'm not going to say any names, but we both had, you know, I'll say a unique experience there. We were kind of both like fish out of water, I would say, (laughs) in our own ways. That's right. And, but we have like kept in touch, you know, social media. And like, I was like, Diana, you know, you have to come on the show and please come on the show and talk to me about astrology and what the hell is going on. (laughs) So hi. Hi, I'm happy to be able to share anything that I can to help your listeners navigate this complex world. (laughs) It's a lot going on right now. So much going on. And so, you know, before we dive into that in like 2020 and like all of the changes we're going through as like a society. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to us about you and how you got into astrology and how you sort of started developing your intuitive abilities. Well, when I was very young, I was kind of the, I don't know, kind of the alien in the bunch, both at home and, you know, socially, I was very introverted, very shy. And I kind of always sensed things. Mm -hmm. So I had this you know, precognition about stuff. And I had a mother who was very supportive of that, even though she was born and raised Catholic in Franco Spain and didn't really understand it. She, as a spiritual person, saw that I was highly sensitive. So she was really instrumental in allowing me the space to feel normal under these kind of energies that I was grappling with. Always as I grew up, and even as a teenager, Red was really gravitating towards books on shamanism, specifically Celtic shamanism, and also Native American mythology. Mm-hmm. So it, it gave me a basis upon which to base my spirituality that was outside of the Catholic faith, which is were much maligned. And so as I identified more and more with a pagan culture, I felt myself removing myself from the Catholic kind of mores and structures, much to my parents' chagrin. But I was also very attracted to creativity, which is also linked to spirituality in a lot of ways. And so I ended up in the music industry. But even while I was in the music industry, I started to study astrology. So that was in my 20s. And so in order to learn, I did people's charts. And so what I gathered was the synchronicity and the patterns that astrology brought to me as a counselor. And so in those readings, I realized that I could use my intuitive capabilities to further enhance a client's understanding of themselves and of the future. Mm, I love that. And so when you were a kid, just taking it back for a minute, and you were picking up all of this information and your mom recognized that you were sensitive. Like, what did that look like? Like, what kind of information were you picking up? Like, what was she noticing? I'm just curious. For people who who have kids out there, how can they support their kids who are sensitive? Well, I think the main thing is to suspend judgment, Mm, um, to be open to understanding that the child isn't necessarily making things up for attention, that they're seriously brave enough 
to make these statements or express these kind of awareness moments and to honor them in a way that doesn't push it back down. Mm -hmm. My mom, being a realist and a Catholic, she always used to say, you should just be like a psychologist and get paid $400 an hour. But, you know, I wasn't really like a schooling person. School was never really my forte. So I was never really into getting my master's or any kind of thing to be that. And I didn't really want, I was always the rebel. So I never wanted to fall into any kind of normal societal kind of expectation. So I think as a child, what I would sense was I always knew, for example, when someone wasn't feeling well. Um, Mm. Now it didn't necessarily mean that I, you know, sense when somebody was sick with like cancer, it was never that specific. It was more, like I just knew that somebody was grappling with something heavy, mm-hmm. even, even if they were happy. And so I was the kid that would be like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I was yeah. always like the empath and very, very compassionate. And also, you know, I think what was even more jarring is that I could pick up negative energy very quickly. And so I think that contributed to my shyness because I was so overwhelmed by energy no matter where I was. And, you know, growing up in Manhattan in the 70s. Oh, my gosh. It was intense, man. (laughs) I was like, this place is really bad. Like, there was some, I mean, New York is wonderful and filled with creativity and opportunity in creativity. I mean, like, it was teeming with cool vibes. But at the same time, there was this dark cloud. And so... As I got older, like I would have feelings like I'd be on, in a taxi cab on Park Avenue and I would get this feeling of doom mm. and I wouldn't know why. And then I would be watching the news and then somebody was, had been mugged or raped or murdered wow. somewhere near where I was. And so it was really intense for me. And so I think what I've done through meditation practice and learning Reiki, to really kind of hone in on like the specific. When I was a kid, it was hard to figure out what exactly was happening. It was always these massive feelings. And so as I've gotten older, I've learned to fine tune them. So when I'm in a client situation, I can pick up a lot about what's happening with them. And what tends to happen is I'll say things outside of what the chart is saying and they're amazed that I've come up with, you know, specifics. So it's mm-hmm. just become a process. But yeah, mm-hmm. as a child, it's a scary thing to um, be able to sense so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hold that and know what to do yes. with it. And if you don't have adults around you that take that seriously and in sort of honor that, it can be right. really scary. And so when you look at somebody's chart, and I'm fascinated by this because, I mean, I've had my chart done. And so are you able to see sort of somebody's destiny? Like, are you able to see like, okay, this person is inclined in this way? What does the chart tell you about somebody's sort of path? Right. Well, I mean, one thing that everyone needs to kind of understand about astrology is that a chart is a blueprint. Mm -hmm. It's a blueprint and a snapshot of the exact time and place and date that you were born. So it's a planetary picture of what you've come here to explore. Mm-hmm. And that's basically all it is. You know, my astrology sessions are kind of psychological and transformational in that way. There's no judgment. If you look at a chart as the way someone is with the potential, right? There's always potential to grow then what you realize is that you can suspend judgment of that person. Do you understand? Like the judgment that we carry with us through our lives towards others is unnecessary because people are who they are. And if you look at it from a more scientific perspective, as I believe astrology to be an empirical science, so it's a science based on much observation, and it's about synchronicity. It's about the synchronicity of time and the heavenly bodies are in sync with us. So they're a reflection of our potential path, our potential for transformation and our potential for growth. 
So it's alternative timekeeping, really. I know, I know. I love it so much. And I mean, and so what do you look for? Like when you're opening up a chart like of, of somebody and you have somebody sitting in front of you, mm-hmm. like what do you look for? I mean, you know, obviously there's the the rising sign and the, and the sun sign yeah. and, the, and yes. you know, the, your moon and the different planets and the transits, right? So, yeah. I mean, what do you look for? I mean, it, does it depend on what sort of what the client is seeking, you know? Well, in the initial consultation, I'm literally looking at the chart as an exploration of self, right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at points in the chart that are significant. And in an astrological chart, there's a cross. So it's a circle that looks kind of like a pizza pie with all these different sections that relate to different areas of the life. You know, the most important parts that most people are interested in is the midheaven, which is the career and the way that you project yourself outward into the world, because that's what we're here as, as three-dimensional humans. The nadir I look at, which is the bottom of point of the chart, um, the bottom of the line that divides two sections of the chart. And the nadir is the past, it's the family, it's conditioning from mm-hmm. childhood. You know, everyone wants to know about their relationships. So the left side of the cross is the ascendant, as you know. So that's the personality and what you project to the world. Mm -hmm. Then the other end of that cross is the descendant, which is the relationships that you have that are contractual. So that would be business relationships and partnerships that could lead to marriage. So those are the ones that I focus on mostly. And then I kind of go into where, the, where there are stellium of planets, which means that there are more than two planets in that house. Each piece of the pie is called a house. And there I see kind of a focus of the life. So there's, there's focus on, let's say, if it's the second house, it would be values and money. If it's the eighth house, it would be financial needs and deep Hmm. transformation, you know, sexuality. So there's different areas that I see in a chart that need maybe a little bit more focus. And then we go there. And then of course, there's individual planets and how they relate to the rest of the chart because a chart is not static. There are relationships within it that literally mirror how your life has been going and what you've been able to do with the life that you've been given, or I believe chosen. And so in that respect, that's where the transformation and growth comes in through the transit. So through the planets, as they transit and hit points in your chart, you are given opportunity to grow and change. And the choice is basically yours. You know, we are willful beings, we have free will, and we can choose to move forward in a positive way as an evolutionary being or in a negative way as a victim. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. So during my readings, I frame it so that they can look at it differently. Wow. Yeah, I love the concept of the transits and I'm going through a huge transit with Uranus right now, which is like oh. basically ripping everything that I've been doing up and like saying, nope, <laughs> you're yeah. going through a major transformation for the next seven mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So buckle up. Change, major change. Yeah. Uranus doesn't, does, it does forces yeah. critical, critical mass. You know, it's the planet of critical mass. It wakes you up. It's, yeah. the, re- it's the revolutionary. I mean, the transits are pretty... Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I mean, I love that idea of like, you do have free will, but here's an area where you can really evolve. And I guess for people on the receiving end of that, they're like, oh yeah, this is happening. And then, you know, the astrologer can be like, yeah, it's supposed to be happening. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, this yeah. is what it says that's happening. Like, and here's your choice on how to deal with it. Let's talk about strategies. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the other thing that I find that my clients leave with is a sense of I'm not crazy. Yeah. Like what's happening to a person is not without explanation. It has a a background that once 
I explain it without, because I, I ask all my clients to not say anything when they come in. It's like, a, I don't see myself as a psychic, more of an intuitive reader. So I really ask clients to keep all the information to themselves. I like to not know anything about you mm. so that I can read the chart in a way that doesn't have any outside influence. So usually at some point in the chart reading, my clients are like, oh my God, like that's exactly what's happening. And, and it's, you know, it's, astrology is a very truthful way of reading patterns. That's really all it is. It's reading the patterns and telling the story. And right. uh, it's many thousands of years old and they're very, you know, I'm a Western astrologer. There's Vedic astrology. There's Uranian astrology that uses midpoints. It's so vast and so complex that I just hope that people open their minds to it more and more. I think we are, obviously we're in a new age and people are being a lot more open to spirituality in general, but astro astrology is an amazing tool to understand better what, where you're going, where your strengths lie, you know, especially in career. You know, I find a lot of people are wondering if it, they're doing the right thing. Right. Like they're calling, like, you right. know. Yes. And in that, one of the things that many astrologers don't focus on, especially on like, you know, in the newspapers, the magazines and on blogs and stuff is the North Node. The North Node is, I believe, and I don't consider myself a nodal astrologer, but I put a lot of emphasis on the North Node because the North Node is exactly where we're going. It's in this life, it's a planetary picture of the path for highest transformation and soul growth that we are meant to take. Ooh, yes. Now, how do you figure out your North Node? What do you have to be looking at? The North Node appears in every chart. It's as important in a very basic natal chart as the sun. It's just that the glyph is not necessarily as known. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you, see, you know what the sun looks like. You know what Venus looks like, Mars. You know, there have been books written about all of that. Right. But the, the node is it just a, a glyph. North node and Chiron are glyphs that aren't normally written about. You have to really be into transformational astrology or have an astrologer that brings that up. But I, there is no reading that I do that doesn't consist of a fairly in-depth North Node interpretation. Oh my gosh. Transformative yeah. astrology. That sounds amazing. Sign me up. I want to know everything. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have gotten my chart done, but this is like such an interesting, you know, it's nice hearing your perspective on how you do it. And I mean, it, it can, it's a lot of information, you know, and I think, I think like some people are like, what is astrology? No way. Like there's, I am of just this person and I'm doing my thing. I'm going to work right. every single day and that's what I do. Right. But obviously there's like so much more out there, you know, and this is where yeah. we get woo. I mean, it's like, we're more than just human beings. Like we have souls that chose probably our physical beings, I believe to, you know, like do something. Right? I mean, yes. I mean, we're here for a purpose. We're not here to clock in, clock out. Right. We're no. here to manifest our highest potential. Right. In everything we do, whether it's in our relationships, with our partners, our children, our working environment, our compassion to serve, you know, landing on this planet. And I don't know how much woo we want to go into, but, you know, <laughs> landing on this planet in this incarnation is one of the greatest gifts. You know, it's difficult to manage. And I always tell my clients to watch the movie because the movie is what's happening around you. And it's literally, if you're reminded to maintain a space of what, you know, Buddhists call non-attachment, not detachment, but non-attachment, so that you're watching everything and observing it without creating more karma without engaging and making things more complicated. Mm -hmm. Because you know, every time you insert yourself in someone's drama or engage in more drama in your life, you're literally creating more karma. And so we want to try to, you know, what I tell my clients is we want to try to kind of watch the movie because you're not always the starring player. Remove the ego. And you'll right. notice that things become less complicated. So when you say karma... You know, how do you, what does that mean? I mean, I know what karma is, but can right. you explain that concept? And because it's like, 
what does that mean for people? Right. So basically karma is past and present accumulated energy. So through relationships with other people and actions that we take, we create an event. We create a result. And that result carries more results, carries Mm -hmm. more events, explains situations that are engaged in our DNA. And so karma really is, is attached to the concept of reincarnation, which means that as you incarnate, our soul incarnates into physical form over many, many lifetimes, we are not separate from the past. Right. So which is why we continue to form relationships with people that are complicated. (laughs) Yeah. So what we really want to do is let go and cease engaging in ways that are not in our highest good or the highest good of others. Mm -hmm. But that's really difficult because as humans, we are very susceptible to conditioning in the human body. That's just the way the mind works. So that's why meditation is strongly recommended. Solitude in a healthy way is very important so that you start to build a solid foundation within the self so that you don't need to keep grasping and controlling things, which then creates more situations, quote unquote karma, that bring a repeated cycle mm-hmm. of stress and angst and expectation. Wow. And, and so karma, yeah. you know, karma is action and reaction, you know, like, yeah. oh, I have bad karma or you're creating bad karma. Like it, it's, that's very simplified. It's really about self-observation and a little bit of non-attachment in in engagement with everybody and anybody you know you want to really have compassion and love for everyone and if you start from there then people don't trigger you right and then you don't engage keep the cycle which is why people can't get out of their own way Right. Yeah. No, I love that piece of just being the observer. I mean, I think also being neutral, you know, trying to like not take on other people's energy, their drama, insert yourself, take things personally. I mean, and that can be hard as a sensitive person, I think, because it's like, oh, you you know, all these things come around you. And it's like, I think, but I think part of the key is to just not take things personally and just sort of like, Okay, that's happening. It's like part of mindfulness. Okay, this is exactly. I'm watching this happen. This is unfolding this way. Isn't that interesting (laughs) how it's unfolding right in front of me? That's exactly how (laughs) how we should be. You know, just an observer. Right. Like, I feel angry about this. Not like I am angry, but I feel angry. I feel excited. You know, it's like separating yourself from the actual movie you know you're so you're you're like you're saying like watch the movie watch the movie yeah I love that and so you know so as people sort of follow their intuition and develop their intuition I mean how do you determine the when the intuition is speaking to you compared to like your fear or your ego like how do you decipher that so I get this question sometimes from parents say to me, you know, because we all have a sixth sense. We just, you know, many people just don't develop it because, you know, either their pineal gland is blocked, which is really our sense of knowing, their heart chakra, you know, the heart is an an amazing indicator of intuition as well as the gut, both work in tandem. There's scientific research that shows just how many neurons are connected from the gut to the heart. And so, you know, when we feel anxious, it's usually based on fear and past conditioning. If we're getting a sense of something as a sign or as like a sense of intuition and you're calm, that is mostly an indication of something that is predictive. But if it's colored with with anxiety and 
nervousness and fear, then it's, it, I, you know, it, the general rule is that it's yours. Mm. It's coming from within you. That's something that's triggering from your own fears or your own sense of worry from something that maybe happened to you that you're projecting. So that's what I would say. If, if you know, your, your listeners feel something and it feels really calm, then it's probably right on target. Got it. So the intuition, I mean, it seems like the intuition comes from a higher place. I mean, it, obviously you feel it inside you, but it also is connected to your higher power, you know, yeah, whatever you definitely, call that. Definitely. But, yeah. but because we're physical beings, we have the capacity with the gut and the heart and that third eye, which is the higher power um, chakra wise. And they're also physical manifestations of knowing. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you can't not trust your gut. Like if you're walking down the street, right. I mean, that's a physical manifestation. It doesn't have to come from a higher power. That could just be your inner knowing in your physical body that something's not right. Right. And then the same is the case for fear. Like when you start to feel anxiety or nervousness or whatever it is, it's like, (laughs) okay, this is something's catching here. Like this is slow down, like decipher that. I mean, for me, it's taken me a while to really hone in on what my body is telling me because I think it's just easy to not listen, (laughs) you know? And I feel like this is when shit hits the fan when you don't listen to your body. I mean, I yes. remember when I was working at that job, which I will not say the the name of no. the accounting firm, <laughs> but I got hives, you know? And I remember that. I and do. I was just like, literally got hives for like a summer. And I was like, what is going on? And I had never been under that kind of stress before. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm pretty somatic. This probably makes sense. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's always my stomach because I have a cancer yeah. wound. So I always tend to get, you know, really sick to my stomach. Yeah. And so I was definitely having stomach issues there. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, yeah. So it just shows up in the body. And I think it's important it to, does. to really get in touch with your body and say, okay, um, I'm actually sweating and I feel very anxious and my heart is beating really fast. What mm-hmm. am I thinking about? What's happening? And take a minute, you know, um, very and, important. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think also when you're making decisions, like how do you feel about the decision? Is it weighing you down? Is it making you happy? Like, how do you feel in your heart? Like, how do you, right. you know, I don't think we're really taught how to do that. And so we're not because it's not part of a paradigm, a human paradigm that's been accepted. Yeah. It's all about the physical body, physical ailments, pharmaceuticals, you know, how to make you feel better at the expense of other people making money. Yeah. yeah. And it's a fake better. I mean, it's, it's not meaningful. It doesn't get to the root of the problem. It doesn't heal. It's not healing. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this since, you know, we're talking about transformation and you really help your clients with deep transformation. It's like, yeah. I was reading on Instagram, this person that I follow, Aaron X Rose, and I just want to say that out loud so you can go look them up there. I knew them from Brooklyn, but they said, like, when you're in the process of growth, okay, Mm -hmm. the concept is that there's contraction. Contraction is part of the expansion, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, like, it's like a bow and an arrow. Like, if we set out our sights on a new goal, we will likely have, like, sort of a low period before it sort of manifests and enters our physical realm. Like, what, what's your thought about that? Do you agree with that? Do you, like, how does transformation happen? Because I don't think it's necessarily easy and pain-free. <laughs> right. I think what's important to remember is that self-transformation, I look at it in a slightly more intense way. Okay. So most people change when something dramatic happens. So there's usually a point of critical mass. Something reaches a crescendo and they have no other choice but to change and shift. Mm -hmm. Some people are healthy enough to look at things in that way that Aaron X. Rose talks about where, you know, you pause, which is what I call the retraction phase is a pause where you're aware enough spiritually and emotionally to view something before it explodes in your face. You know, before you're so angry or angst-ridden or sick that there's nowhere else to go. 
So there are two roads. I don't think that everybody's capable and healthy enough to just retract, think, and change. So in astrology, Uranus, <laughs> which you brought up earlier, yeah. is one of those planets. It's an outer planet, and it literally lights you up and shows you the way. It's like the light bulb moment, but a lot of times it comes with you know, a lot of chaos. And so change mostly comes with a reaching of critical mass where there's no other way to go. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all the businesses that have to change. And it's like, yeah. uh, they, they always try to anticipate change. But really, I think it just sort of, you're forced to do it because everybody likes to be comfortable, right? Like people, the status quo, they go, you know, and going with the flow is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, until it starts to create pain. And, you know, and, the, and I, I always go back to critical mass. I always go back to that. I think most people, because of their wounds and their conditioning since birth, really need, and there's extreme cases and then there's less extreme cases. But, you know, I know a lot of, for example, you know, drug addicts who wouldn't change until they almost overdosed. Yeah. Or wouldn't change until they saw something or someone else going through something so horrific that then it just woke them up. The same thing with like a marriage that's not great. You kind of hit critical mass. You can go with the flow, go with the flow, go with the flow. And then in astrology specifically, a planet will hit you and you have no other recourse but to look at it. You know, Uranus is one of them. You know, Pluto is another one. It's the the outermost planet, and it literally tears you a new life from the inside out. Oh, God. Yeah, that one's a rough one. I've, you know, Pluto transits can be great in bringing wonderful opportunities for growth, but in a negative aspect, which is usually a quincunx, a square, or an opposition, it certainly changes you from a deep, deep place where it takes sometimes years to kind of come out of it. And then the good news about astrology is that there's always hope at the, on the other side. <laughs> you know, there's always a better future. <laughs> That's so. why I like astrology. It does give me hope. Yeah. And so one, one more question about this part, but yeah. I mean, it's a little kind of a tangent, but. Sure. So when you're reading horoscopes, and I, I'm a big fan of reading horoscopes. I've been reading them since I probably was a preteen. And, you know, take them. Take, you know, take them as you want. You know, they're not, they're entertainment. You know, some of it's real. Some of it's more like fluff. We know that, like, let's right. judge reading horoscopes. But, you know, should you be reading for your rising sign or your um, sun sign? Well, I know people who read all three. Yeah. <laughs> They'll read gotcha. the rising, the moon, and the sun. Yeah. I find that because, all right. So because the astrology is very complex, as I've said, and everybody's chart is unique to them, it's the unique blueprint. When you read these horoscopes that are generalizations, they are never correct. In other words, you can say to yourself, wow, I can really relate to this, but it literally has no bearing on you personally. This is a right. kind of like a global interpretation from an astrologer. You know, I think it's great for entertainment purposes, I think uh, an astrologer one-on-one -on -one reading, if you're really looking for answers and predictions, even mundane ones that have to do with when am I moving or when am I going to meet, you know, my partner, you know, that's a very important experience mm -hmm. for someone who's, who really wants some guidance. Mm -hmm. um, I personally, if I do ever read them, which I rarely do, but when I do, I read the rising sign. And that, the reason for that is that the rising sign is how you project out into the world. So these horoscopes are literally just about that. Mm -hmm. It's about you living just in the world on a daily basis. There's nothing specific. So I would suggest that, you know, people and your listeners try and experiment for like a month or two and see if, if just reading the ascendant sign resonates at all. Yeah. That I, in my, in my belief and my experience is the most, can be the most accurate. No, I, I think that's really key because I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm a Taurus sun, I'm a Libra right. moon and I'm a 
Gemini ascendant. So I hardly ever read Gemini. And I mean, it's so interesting because I'm an introvert. So when I think of Gemini, I don't think of introversion, you know, like being an introvert. I think of social, I think of like, Talking, you know, talking, you're doing, which is, I guess, what I do, like, uh, you right. know, in communications. But exactly, it, I also identify with Taurus, which is like earth, like stubborn, like you know, very like routine. I really identify with that too. So I'm gonna maybe start reading some Gemini horoscopes. Yeah, maybe. read some Gemini. Yeah, see, see how that. As far as predictions, yeah, it's like. I just look at it for, it's just interesting to me to sort of ride the wave of it and see Mm -hmm. people's interpretations, you know, but absolutely, like, I would suggest if somebody is interested in learning more about astrology and really what their chart is about, like, you have to know your your birth date and you obviously, hopefully you do know your birthday. Yes, exactly. But you have to know your time of birth. Right. Like, and then you work with somebody you trust and, you know, and then you learn about what it says. And that's the way you understand and get the deep dive perspective. It's just a deeper, yeah, it's a deeper understanding of your patterns, how to heal even, you know, I help people with my business is integrative astrology and feng shui. I have a website. And the reason why I call it that is because I did my master's program in feng shui, a three-year program at the Open Center and it was a, it's a Tibetan type of feng shui, not a Chinese. And, you know, I integrate both. So I do give in my readings transformational tools based on what I see in the chart mm. and where they're most able to go. You know, not everybody can meditate 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night, but they can go on walking meditations in nature. And yeah. sometimes that's just as... You know, someone like you with a Gemini ascendant with a more kind of your, your nervous energy is pretty high. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know that you could sit and meditate there, Liz. And, and that's fine. That's okay. Thank you. I know. Welcome. And that's where the non-judgment comes, you know? Right. So for exactly. you, I would say, get out in nature, take a walk because yeah. you're a Taurus, you have Libra moon, you love beauty. You know, you love nature and that in and of itself would put you in a space where you're more grounded. Yeah. So are you saying like a lot of Gemini ascendants are, have a lot of nervous energy? Oh yes. It rules the the nervous system, you know, (laughs) Gemini rising and, uh, and Aquarius rising, which I have. Okay. It's like electricity is coursing through our bodies. Oh my God. And I'm like, so remember, like, this is not personal. Remember what we just were talking about. Yeah. yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's like I should probably lay low on the coffee, but man. Nah, the coffee's good. It's, it's <laughs> I don't you know. I mean, coffee is sometimes so necessary, but yeah. you know, I think it's important that we honor how we feel. And uh, sometimes these things are not necessarily meant to be changed, but we're meant to find ways to support ourselves um, outside the box. And find, for example, I recently started to do sensory deprivation. Oh, and floating? Yes. Oh my God, my other guest, Dana Heifel, owns a float tank. Oh, that's so well, funny. It's a wonderful way for anyone with an intense nervous system, a hyperactive nervous system, yeah. to find calm for an hour because yeah. for us, any outside stimuli, we're very directly affected by it. So, wow. That's yeah. really good info. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about 2020, you know, because some of the, the part of this show is about getting through. And we are in 2020, and mm-hmm. like it's kind of a shit show out there in mm-hmm. the world right mm-hmm. now, especially mm-hmm. in our country and DC. Yes. So, I mean, and we don't need to get so political, but I'm just, what do you see like astrologically happening and how can people fucking deal with this? Sorry. To- I know. I mean, look, it's, it's an incredibly emotional time. Yeah. I've seen, you know, relationships fall apart based on political alignment. It's, it's a very complex, difficult time for families and friends and Facebook friends. And, and I find that everything happens in divine timing. Mm. That's also very important for everyone to understand is yeah. that everything happens in divine timing and no one should ever question, did I do this right? Was this a mistake? Because the fact that you did it makes it right. 
it, even if it causes problems, eventually all of the issues faced end up giving birth to something new. Hmm. And it's just about being open to it, right? So are you the victim or are you a participant in your own evolution? Mm -hmm. And you need to choose that. You need to choose which mindset you're going to follow. In terms of astrology that affects uh, countries and environments in general, because there is you know, a, part of, a part of astrology that literally looks at the charts of countries and how transits are affecting those countries and presidents and people in power and you know obviously celebrities too because we have access to their information 2020 is really the beginning of what i want to call a societal reset it's obviously <laughs> we are experiencing a lot of divergent belief systems yeah politically and economically and morally mm. um, and so because there are three planets that are going to be in conjunction over the next 10 years. So between 2020 and 2030 is going to be a time of great transformation in the world. And Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto, with some interaction with other planets and asteroids, are going to herald a time where technologies, political systems, economic paradigms are going to be shifting and changing as well as like the global financial system is going to change within the next 10 years. So we, we um, as people engaging in the world in a very mundane way with like the stock market and elections and policies of governments, what I can say to the listeners is that the critical mass is coming. I mean, we, we haven't even hit the critical mass yet yeah. until later this year. I believe astrologically this election is going to be one of those times where revolution might be necessary. I mean, it could be as far as revolution in the streets, like, like in Chile and in France, but because we are very remiss with that. You know, we've kind of missed the boat with that as Americans. We're very um, lackadaisical and, and consumed with our phones and yeah, not everybody does it. There's definitely people that do that, but I don't think it's like a collective demand, you know? Yeah, especially not in this country. I mean, we yeah. see other countries, you know, in Spain and France, yeah. and they're out there, man, in mil the millions, right. you know? But there is going to be a change when these three planets engage. There is going to be a massive shift in, you know, radical disruption and change in sociopolitics, economics, currencies, technology, the internet. We're ready for a new paradigm. Yeah. You know, it's, there's enough people that are sick and tired. Yeah. Well, that's an important snapshot. I feel like, yeah, I could talk about this for an entire hour, but yeah. I'm like, can you blog about this? Like, <laughs> show us the way, Diana. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. It feels pretty nuts out there. And I, I'm wondering, how can people take care of themselves in this? I mean, obviously self-care and self-love. Very important. Show up in very different ways for people. You know, like you had mentioned, take your nervous energy out on a fucking nature walk. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, good. that's good for me. Take my dog out. You yes. Know, loading. Like what other things can people do to keep themselves calm as like this is happening and unfolding, you know? Well, I think that technology is the devil. Yeah. Um, I think Unfortunately, we've become super enamored by the quick nature of engagement and, you know, not really having to confront people emotionally and intellectually in person mm -hmm. as often. Mm -hmm. I have a 15-year-old daughter and she's grown up in an age, even though she never had a phone until she was 11. You know, I see her becoming more and more reliant on FaceTime as being the only interaction that's really offered. And I think people, if they're wise, they'll put their phones down and make efforts to engage with humans and have conversations that are meaningful. You know, I hope that in this next decade, people start to understand that their, their ability for empowerment and change that sitting on the couch is 
is literally a recipe for, for death and disaster yeah. for our planet. And um, that the human component comes out more, that we're able to engage on a more real level with people. And also that, you know, nature takes on an important aspect in their lives, that they're able to reset in quiet. If we're constantly in the rat race and we're constantly striving for more, you know, this isn't really the time for me. It's the time for other. And it's the time for taking care of the planet. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think it's about engagement, social engagement, political engagement, getting out there, making the change that you talk about or that you blog about or that you tweet about or that you post about and, and doing something about it. And I think what I can say is this Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn conjunction, um, you know, Jupiter is expansion, it's opportunity, it's optimism. You know, Saturn is structure. It's uh, karma in a way that you're paying for past problems that have been created. So if you join those two, then you're looking at an expansion and, and an evolution that comes from the acknowledgement of that and moving forward. You know, Pluto is deep transformation. It's looking at things and experiencing things from such a deep place that it's critical mass. There's nothing else to do. So, you know, these transit that I've, you know, kind of just brushed the surface is literally a time for really palpable, positive change. This is not any kind of doomsday prediction. This is literally being given an opportunity as in the human race to have an exceptionally significant evolutionary tune-up. You know, things will change. Things will change. There's no way possible with these aspects coming up in this decade that people are going to be complacent. Right. I mean, and we can either go along with it and, and be strategic about it, or we can get dragged along. And I think, I, I think this is the time to be intentional and strategic with how you want to spend your time, who you mm -hmm. want to engage with, what causes mm -hmm. you want to get behind, how you want to spend mm -hmm. your money. Mm -hmm. You know, I think all of that is so key right now. How do you want to interact with somebody you know, I mean, okay. as simple as like interacting with somebody you meet on online dating, like how do you want to interact with that person? Do you want to just ghost them because who gives a shit? Or do you want to be actually treat them like a human being? Like, I think that stuff all happens, you know, that's like a, that is like a ripple effect, you know? It is. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that we are, we are due for a reset and I think it all starts mm -hmm. with us, you know, and how we treat ourselves in all of this chaos and how we take care of ourselves. So one last thing, this is one last thing. You mentioned divine timing, which I am so impatient. And I'm like, when is the universe going to pour rewards on me for all the hard work and cliffs I'm jumping, you know, off of? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, I'm a Taurus and I'm a hedonist. I want it all right now. And, right. you know, how do you define divine timing and sort of as a subset to that question, do you believe in angel numbers? So like say you're driving around, you see one, one, one or two, two, right. two or three, three, three. And you're like, Oh God, Liz, you're really going off the deep end. But I mean, what's your take on that? Well, divine timing and synchronicity, which is probably a word people are more comfortable yeah. with um, <laughs> are exactly the same, right? Okay. So you notice that you think about somebody and they call. And that's right. synchronicity. You know, you're crossing the street and, you know, experiences of synchronicity in my life are pretty defined. For example, if I go somewhere and I need to get something done, people magically appear. And it's not magical. It's just the law of synchronicity that I'm calling them in, you know, but I'm also a very conscious manifester. Mm. So I'm, I'm always manifesting by putting my intention and my emotion into what it is that I want, of course, for the good of all, right? We don't want to be manipulating. So in that way, we just conscious of when the universe kind of brings things to us or when we are able to draw that consciousness into, into 3D reality. And, and that is divine timing. Mm -hmm. But it's also exactly doing what you're supposed to be doing in every moment and not judging it. Every situation is exactly as it should be. And like I said before, it will lead to something great. I learned that when I was in my 20s and um, things were going really, 
you know, kind of were complicated in my relationships. And then I would realize that I would meet somebody better Mm -hmm. or I would have a better job or I would, you know, experience a situation with someone that was negative and then it would just strengthen the friendship over time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what meaning that you're, you're in right place and right time um, all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as far as the numerology, I'm, I'm really into numerology. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a series on Instagram um, about numerology and yeah. And personal year numbers. Okay. Yes. I've seen that. I've seen that. So there's that, which is numerology is really important because the universe is numbers. Quantum physics is all numbers. Music is numbers. We're very, very connected to numbers and the cosmos, um, which has to do with astrology and astrology, everything is numbers and degrees and so to that effect, numerology is very important to me. And I believe it has a lot of bearing and a lot of, can, can teach people a lot about their journey. That said, when we see, again, synchronicity, numbers and synchronicity, so we see them often, it's, they're definitely signs that either you're on the right path or um, angels are, you know, have your back. So every number has a different meaning. And so I encourage people to look at that. There's so much information online um, from people who are, you know, kind of angel intuitives and do that. Um, But I do, I believe in it very strongly that there are definitely signs that you're on the right track. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Thank God. Or thank Thank the goddess, as I say. (laughs) Yes. So, Diana, you mentioned Instagram. You know, how can people keep up with you? How can they get in touch with you if they want more juiciness? Well, thanks for asking that. I am um, on Instagram, and my my handle is Diana, with one N, Mahikis. That's M-A-H-I-Q-U-E-S, Quantum Coach because I do work with energies and, and stuff like that. So it's Diana Mahika's quantum coach. Follow me. There's a lot of information on astrology, some on feng shui and definitely numerology and uh, also fun stories about stuff that I'm doing like this. Yay. With Liz Gold. I, <laughs> I feel like we could have gone so many other directions. I mean, so many other questions sure. to ask you, but we'll probably have to do a follow up. But I just want to say That's thank awesome. you so much for being on the show. It was really informative and magical, I feel like. So thank you. It's my pleasure to reconnect with a good friend and, you know, and I support you in all your endeavors. You're, you're a wonderful communicator and writer and (laughs) I see great things for you, Liz. Thank you very much. I love that. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Diana. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Conversations is produced by Rhino Girl Media, a communications consulting company. To advance or evolve your next communications project, check out my website, rhinogirlmedia.com, or contact me at liz at rhinogirlmedia.com. You can always follow me on Instagram at Gold. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review, share it, or send me some love. Thanks for listening. Until next time.